Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from All High Sports. As always, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, and also, as always, I'm your host, Cade Walker. And, you know, today in this episode, I wanted to highlight specifically uh, three players, two currently with the Rockies, and then one uh, former Rocky that I want to talk about and how he is performing this season and what that means, uh, just kind of on a, on a more grand scale for the Rockies. Um, I also wanted to mention one other little small statistic that is uh, definitely something of concern, but um, it's I, I guess it's not a, a bad thing in the long run, but it is definitely some, somewhat of an embarrassing fact. So um, with that vague introduction, I, I want to start off with talking about who else but Josh Fuentes. Uh, I, like I said, I've talked about Josh Fuentes several times on the show, and um, and like I said, I've said this a couple times, you know, I don't want this show to be, you know, where I just come here and rag on Josh Fuentes every time, but, um, he just won National League Player of the Week this last week, he went 500 over the week, um, he hit a walk-off, and he's, he's been doing well, um, he's, he hasn't, <laughs> he, he actually has raised his WRC plus from single digits to seven. I think last time I talked about it, it was in the mid twenties and now it's at 73. So he's, a uh, he's, he's doing better. I mean, he's still outperforming his, his expected numbers. His expected weighted on base average is about 60 points lower than his actual weighted on base average, which isn't very good to begin with. Um, and he still doesn't walk ever, but I mean, Hey, he's, um, he's had a hot week and it's, it's good. I think um, he talked about in an interview the other day uh, so just some adjustments that he made, and he said that he was trying to be too pull-heavy to start uh, the first couple of weeks of the season, and then um, he, he changed his mindset to start hitting balls back up the middle. Which, I mean, if that's the mindset that helps for him, then, then good. That's a good thing. Um, he's actually peaked into positive wins above replacement. He's at uh, .2. So, I mean, with being you know just a little bit below average at the plate, um, in terms of WRC plus, um, and being so good on defense that, uh, you know, he's, he's actually peaked into, uh, a slightly, slightly positive value player as of now. Um, it's tough to draw any conclusions out of, first of all, this sample, but second of all, a, a number that small 0.2 wins above replacement, but, uh, it's, it's a positive sign. It's an encouraging sign, at least to say that, Hey, you know, he's contributing in some way. He's not, He's not a, a negative, huge negative on the team, so that's good for him. Um, and you know, hopefully he continues. It doesn't look like it will, just based off of how uh, predictive the expected numbers are. Um, usually, you know, it, they crash down to the median. Um, he'll probably finish a bit worse than this at the plate, but I hope he doesn't. I hope that he, um, you know, swings back into form, and I think that he can, you know, maybe get back to where he was last season with a. WRC plus of 86, even though he's already played more games this season than he did last year. So I don't know. We'll see how uh, we'll see how he looks <laughs> uh, moving forward. But again, I mean, I'm always personally rooting for Josh Fuentes. Um, he seems to be great in the locker room. He's doing uh, doing fine. Um, you know, we'll you know we'll see how he goes. But uh, just in terms of his performance, I still haven't bought him as a major league player yet. But I hope he proves me wrong. I, I really do. Um, his Statcast numbers haven't really improved either. All of his expected numbers are fairly um, pedestrian, uh, all single digits in the um, percentiles except expected batting average at point 
or in the 17th percentile and sprint speed in the 68th percentile so he can run a little bit so um but yeah i mean he's he's had a couple big hits i think he has four home runs on the air a couple big flies so um hot week maybe that continues and we'll see how he looks moving forward but again uh i haven't really bought into him but i hope he proves me wrong uh, the next guy I want to talk about, we probably won't see him too much moving forward um, because C.J. Crone is back, but um, someone who benefited from C.J. Crone's brief stint on the injury list was uh, Connor Joe. Uh, Connor Joe has, you know, he, he's been a journeyman. Uh, you know, he recovered from testicular cancer uh, last year. He's on his sixth team in, uh, in Major League Baseball, and he's only 28. So he's bounced around, and he hasn't really found a spot yet. But, I mean, he's done fine. I think the, the Rockies, uh, they picked him up. And he's he's filled in great, actually, for C.J. Crone. Um, he actually, his OPS plus is dead even at league average at 100. Um, his, you know, you talk to uh, Rockies Twitter about why they like Connor Joe, and um, you always get the same, the same gift from Moneyball where you see Brad Pitt's character, Billy Bean, pointing at Jonah Hill's character um, in that, that early scene in the front office. And that is a cue of the line where Billy Bean um, asks for the line, and then the line is, why do we like him? Because he gets on base. And Connor Joe's one of those guys who gets on base. And that's always been his skill uh, in, in the minor leagues, and not necessarily in previous stints in the major leagues because he hasn't really played too much. He only played eight games uh, before this season in the major leagues. But, I mean, he gets on base, and that's what you want out of a guy like that. Um, he, he'd been sitting in a two-hole for a little bit. Um, and he's he's actually shown some good defensive talent. Uh, the numbers, it's too small of a sample, uh, only 12 games played, to really draw any conclusions. But, I mean, his defense looks good. And it looks quality, and I think it's it's good to have a serviceable guy like Connor Joe off the bench. Um, so I, I think that was good for him to um, you know to get that time in. And you know, with CJ Crone back, he probably won't get as much time. But I mean, maybe we'll see him here um, in the outfield. I know that Bud Black named him as the emergency catcher for a, a brief time. So we'll see if that's like if that will actually pan out at some point in time. But, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, to to mention that part um, in terms of catching, um, I mentioned how well Dom, Un- Dom Nunez has been playing. Um, in the same breath, I do kind of have to uh, talk about the other catcher for the Rockies, and that's, uh, that's Elias Diaz. And Elias Diaz has not had a good season at all. Uh, his WRC Plus is actually negative 21 which is really bad that's worse than most pitchers <laughs> um actually it's worse than herman marquez's wrc plus and he's a pitcher and it's worse than john gray's chichi gonzalez these starting pitchers for the rockies have better wrc pluses than elias diaz um and you know i liked elias diaz last year he had a decent season but he he's just not cutting it this year um at this point, he's probably not a major league catcher because we have a big enough sample size and he's not, not doing well enough. Um, it might be time for the Rockies to move on from him and see what I, I've talked about. I talked about Jose Brasino in the offseason. Um, so I want to see what he can do because Elias Diaz clearly is not cutting it. 
Um, so I'd say maybe give Brasino a couple weeks in AAA to, to get get some live pitching and then bring him up. Um, but yeah, Elias Diaz is not cutting it. Or, you know, maybe see what Connor Joe can do back there. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that would be worth a shot, right? See what Connor Joe can do. So, uh, But I do like Connor Joe. I think that he can be a contributing piece on the roster. And, uh, I mean, it may be optimistic, but, I mean, he, he's shown that he can get on base, he can play good defense. And, you know, guys that can fill in the gaps like that is definitely something that the Rockies need um, as they you know, try and fill out their roster with positive players instead of uh, black holes on defense, black holes on offense. So if you can get a guy that can do a little bit of both and plug some gaps here, that's good. Um, So with those two out of the way, before I move into my last segment, going to talk about our sponsor for this episode, and that is, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook. It is playoff time, big stakes, bigger promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to... Lower the over-under on a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet on a featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under. That's right. For every 1,500 players who bet the over on the selected game, the over-under will drop by one point. Every better who hammers in the over in the featured game helps to lower the game's over-under. The best part is that even as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. That's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code MHS for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only restrictions apply. Maximum $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends May 23rd, 2021. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right, so in this last segment, I wanted to talk about uh, former Rocky, a member of the quote-unquote Super Bullpen, Brian Shaw. Um... Yeah, normally I don't like talking about Brian Shaw because he was so terrible in Colorado that it was just like, man, every time we roll this guy out there, you know, he does something not good and gives up some runs, gives up a bunch of hits, walks a bunch of guys, had no command, had no movement, couldn't get guys out. <clears throat> and that was his tenure in Colorado. And, you know, he has really turned things around for himself. And I think a lot of that is due to being in Colorado. Um, He was definitely disadvantaged as a pitcher. I'll admit that because, you know, in Colorado, I I pitched in Colorado for, uh, well, my entire high school career, my first um, college career as well. Uh, And, you know, pitching in Colorado, you you don't get as much movement because the air is thinner, less atmospheric pressure, you don't get as much uh, movement. And that's why, you know, when Rockies, players you know play at home they face like i don't know 75 80 percent fastballs at home and like 50 percent fastballs on the road trips that's why there's such a, a drop off in their performance and by the way um the statistic i mentioned at the beginning of this episode uh the rockies have currently are on pace to have the worst away record in mlb history in a single season so um it's a bad thing in the sense that it's embarrassing but it's a good thing in the sense that the rockies need to lose so they can get higher draft picks uh, or at least a higher draft pick in, in the next year. 
uh, next year's draft. So uh, I've talked about that last episode, but yeah, that that was a statistic that I found particularly entertaining, but not not in a, not in a good way. So, uh, anyways, back to Brian Shaw. You know, Brian Shaw when he was with Cleveland, uh, he was there for several years, and they just described him as an innings eater. That guy would go out there, throw his arm out, and you know he had a rubber arm. He went out through almost every night and was amazing. Uh, not not amazing, but he was really good. He had like a three three. Uh, 3-3-1 ERA, I think in the four years prior to joining the Colorado Rockies. It shot up to about six with the Rockies um, during the miserable years he was in Denver. And then this year, it's down to, like, I believe 1-8-1 now, um, back with Cleveland. And I think a part of the reason why is uh, there was an article that came out on The Athletic today, which talked about that journey. Um, that was by Zach Meisel. Uh, forgive me if I did not pronounce that correctly, but uh, yeah. Anyways, that came out nine hours ago, so early this morning as I'm recording this, and uh, it was titled "Brian Shaw's Second Act with Indians Off to a Startling Start." His stuff is as good as ever, and so you know what happened with Brian Shaw was after the Rockies released him after he left Colorado's organization, he signed with Seattle. He had six miserable appearances in Seattle and was sent to their alternate site. And um, what's in Seattle is that this is just a hunch, um, but this is what I can pick up based off of context clues um, in this article. Uh, So let's see here. So this article says, at the alternate site, Shaw revamped his throwing program and strength training and tinkered with his mechanics and pitch mix. Um, Sweeney, which is a member of the Indians organization, um, mentioned that he learned a lot about his pitch profiles, developed some weapons, and he's a place in a place where he's been successful and comfortable. Uh, he used Rapsodo pitching, uh, pitch tracking device to measure his velocity, spin, spin efficiency, direction, movement, and other metrics, all in an effort to assure the club that he had escaped his three-year nightmare. So currently based off of that context and the fact that he was in Seattle... My hunch is that he went and worked with Driveline up in Seattle. Um, I, I met Kyle Bodie at the baseball winter meetings a couple years ago, and Bodie was someone who helped revamp someone like Adam Ottavino, um, helped him revamp his career. And Clayton Kershaw, after he started to fall up, he spent an offseason up in um, up in Seattle with Driveline, and he has started to be more successful than he had been. Um, kind of got a second wind. So... Not saying necessarily that driveline is some, uh, you know, magic place where you go just revamp your baseball career, but with guys that are older um, on the, the decline of their careers, it is especially important for these guys to look at their data, see what they're doing wrong, and to maximize their efficiency as much as possible. And driveline does that because they have the tools, they have the resources to do that. So. Uh, it's not necessarily the driveline of some magical place. It's that these guys are getting data, data that they didn't have before. And specifically in the case of Adam Ottavino, he didn't have that with the Rockies. In the case of Brian Shaw, he didn't have that with the Rockies. So I personally believe this is sort of an indictment on the Rockies. Um, and I mean, potentially, potentially the Mariners because they didn't do that. Um, as an organization, Brian Shaw did that on his own. Um, it did not say that he did it with the organization. It said that he did 
he got those measurements himself and he sent them into the organization. So uh, it, good thing for Brian Shaw. I'm very, very glad that he did that because I would have done the same thing. Um, you, you go and get that data. You fix your stuff. You fix your mechanics. And you do that with data. You do that with getting as much data, as much tracking data as you possibly can. And it worked for him, clearly, because Brian Shaw is having a great year. His stuff's better. His mechanics are better. He's more effective. So uh, I believe that if the Rockies were able to have a fully enhanced pitching development program, pitching program, uh, like the Yankees have one, they have a, they have, I think they're, like pitching program in spring training is called like something like the gas station or something like that. Um, you know, where you have all your data, you have your tracking so you can uh, develop as um, your pitching staff and the Yankees haven't been great this year, but they always have been on the forefront of analytics. And I know the Dodgers are in the same boat and that's a big reason why Trevor Bauer signed there is he could um, spread his wings in terms of developing himself with data. So again, I believe this is sort of an indictment on the Rockies. Just they don't have enough data to improve their pitchers internally. And it's reflective when something like the Super Bullpen falls apart. It's meaningful when you have a starting rotation that falls apart every night. Um, well, actually, I take that back. The starting rotation hasn't been horrible. It's mostly been the bullpen. But I mean, it's not like the starting rotation is top tier anyways. But I think that there is so much more potential that you can reach with your bullpen guys, with your starting guys, if you have as much access to data as possible. I've talked about this. Analytics aren't fancy. They're not necessarily, you know, m- you know, magical or anything like that. It's just data. And the more data you can get, the more options you have to change, the more you know about what you can change, and the better direction that you can uh, be as both an organization and as a player. So uh, with that being said, that's what I want to talk about in that sense that I think, um, you know, as the Rockies are looking for this general manager, you want to look for someone with um, an analytics background or at least someone who is favorable towards that so you can really, you know, develop your players internally, whether it be at the plate or on the mound, and do it with data. Uh, And, you know, have your front office grab guys who are favorable with the numbers. So... uh, I know my podcasts always, almost always bring it back to that, but it's true. I mean, I saw this article from The Athletic come across uh, my timeline earlier today, and I read it, and I'm like, wow, you know, if the Rockies had a pitching program like that, they could have fixed this internally, and Brian Schock could have been good in Colorado. Um, but maybe that's uh, wishful thinking, because it is it is thrower, uh, harder to throw uh, movement in Colorado and Brian Shaw relies a lot on his cutter and it's hard to throw an effective cutter at Coors Field maybe it is wishful thinking maybe it couldn't have done that but at the same time if the front office had the data um, they could see that you know the pitch just doesn't move as well at at mile high so um, that's my take on things thanks for listening to this episode um, tweet at me or send me send me a DM Uh, If you disagree with me at Kate C. Walker on Twitter, uh, this episode of 20th and Blake was once again brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, Thanks again for listening and talk to you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.